Luke chapter 19, and we're reading verses 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Well, I wonder if you've ever been lost or you've been, uh, or you've had a nightmare about being lost. I know adults who still have nightmares about being lost. It's got to be one of the scariest things for a child to lose its parents, maybe at the Easter show, uh, maybe at the shopping centre, and they just have to see this sea of legs and they know that whichever way they go, they're probably going to end up further away from mum and dad. But it's not just scary to be lost, it's actually scary to be the person who's looking for someone who's lost, particularly if they're a child. I don't know if you're a parent, I don't know if you've had that experience where you're in the shopping centre or something like that and child wanders off and uh, you don't know where they are. You're not even sure how long they've been missing for. Uh, you're sometimes frantic. Sometimes a child doesn't even realise that they're lost. They've just wandered off there looking at something um, and they've certainly got no idea of the possible consequences of being lost that are running through the parent's mind. Well, in this story, we're looking at a man called Zacchaeus and at the end of the story, in verse 10, Jesus said, "'For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost.'" So why did he say this? Zacchaeus, on the surface of it, wasn't lost. He was in his own town. Um, but Jesus obviously thought that the whole encounter with Zacchaeus was saying something about his mission on earth to seek and save the lost. So why did Jesus say it and how does it relate to Zacchaeus? Well, let's start uh, looking at the passage. There, I think there's an outline on the back of the order of service if you want to uh, use that. Um, it's pretty brief, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, so the first thing we notice is that it says Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Jericho is a town just getting close to Jerusalem. And in chapter 18, the chapter before, Jesus had been telling his disciples that he was heading for Jerusalem. But the thing that we notice is Jesus wasn't planning to stop there, really. He was just passing through. Jesus was a popular teacher and a miracle worker. In the previous chapter, he just healed a blind beggar. And so the people of Jericho were probably really looking forward to having this popular teacher and miracle worker come through their town. They were probably hoping that he was going to stay there, but it became obvious that he was just walking through on his way to Jerusalem, and so they were probably a bit disappointed and a bit peeved. 
But in chapter 18, Jesus makes it really clear that the climax of his whole ministry on earth is going to happen when he gets to Jerusalem. All the teaching and miracles were important, but the main thing was about to happen. If you uh, look in chapter 18, verses 31 to 34, Jesus says this. Oh, sorry, it says this. Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, we're going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them and they did not know what he was talking about. So something big was about to happen when Jesus got to Jerusalem, but the disciples didn't really know or understand what it was, but they knew that it was coming up and Jesus is just about to get there. So in verse 2 we read, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. It's a bit of an irony, really, because the name Zacchaeus, apparently, in Greek, has the meaning of pure and clean. And this man was neither of those things. He certainly wasn't pure or clean. Um, In the time of Jesus, Israel was occupied by the Romans. It was a foreign power occupying their country. And the Romans franchised out tax collection. There was a tax collector in every city, and it was his, his uh, aim to collect taxes and pay them to the Romans. But anything extra that he could collect, uh, he could keep for himself. The Romans said, right, the tax for your area is going to be X amount. But they told that to the tax collector, not to the people. So the tax collector could go around and levy the taxes. Anything above that amount that he had to pay to the Romans, he kept. It was dishonest. It was cheating but that's what they did. Tax collectors were known to be dishonest cheats. Worse than that, they betrayed their own countrymen to become collaborators with the hated occupied, occupying Romans. We probably don't love tax collectors today, but this would not be like we feel about a tax collector today. This would be more like um, a French person would have felt during the Nazi occupation of France about someone who was collaborating with the Nazis. That's the sort of feeling that people would have had towards Zacchaeus. In the New Testament, tax collectors and sinners are often bracketed together because no one doubted that tax collectors were sinners. Um, Not only was Zacchaeus a tax collector, but he was a particularly talented one. He was a chief tax collector and he'd become very wealthy through defrauding his fellow villagers. In short, although Zacchaeus was wealthy, he would have been a social reject, a hated outcast in his own society. Now, note here that Zacchaeus wasn't an oppressed person. He wasn't a blind beggar or an ill person or a poor person. He wasn't a prostitute. He wasn't someone from the lower ranks of society. Um, Being Australians, we kind of like it when Jesus stands up for the underdog against the establishment. And that's a lot of what Jesus does, isn't it? He stands up for people who are downtrodden by society against, say, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. But Zacchaeus wasn't an underdog. Zacchaeus was the top dog. He was a rich, powerful person 
who was oppressing other people. So how do we feel about Jesus' attitude to Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus is maybe like one of those really mean bosses you have at work who oppresses everybody else um, but seems to get away with it and is in that position of power. Well, there's tension in the story. What's Zacchaeus going to do and what's Jesus going to do about Zacchaeus? Verses 3 and 4 say, He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. There's no way the crowd was going to make way for Zacchaeus, even though he was wealthy, to get to the front and see Jesus because they hated him. So he ran ahead and he climbed up a tree. He ran and he climbed. That's pretty weird for an older wealthy person even in our society, isn't it? To run in front of a crowd and then climb up a tree. Kind of weird. Can't remember the last time I climbed up a tree. I have climbed ladders, but I can't remember climbing a tree. Um, It was pretty unusual for a man in his position. In that society, it was extremely undignified, to say the least. But he didn't care. He just wanted to see Jesus. Bit of an example to us in a way, isn't it? I mean, this guy wasn't even a Christian. Sometimes we're not prepared to appear undignified to encounter Jesus. When people uh, ridicule us, perhaps, for being a Christian, we're not prepared to do something which might even seem a little bit undignified, that is, to tell people that we're Christians or that we're going to church. Zacchaeus was, though. We don't know why Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was for himself. Maybe he was just curious. Maybe he'd heard some of Jesus' teaching from someone else and wanted to see the teacher. Maybe he, a fellow tax collector had told him about it. There were tax collectors following Jesus. Matthew was a tax collector. Um, or maybe he was just following the crowd. It really doesn't matter, does it, why Zacchaeus was following or wanted to see Jesus. What does matter is what is Jesus going to say to Zacchaeus and what is Zacchaeus going to do about it? That's the crucial issue. Could I ask you this morning, why are you here? Maybe you're curious to find out more about Jesus. Maybe you've got some questions about life and you think that Jesus might have some of the answers. Maybe you've got friends who know Jesus and you're interested to find out why and why they're a bit different, what they believe that makes a difference to them. Or maybe you're just part of the crowd. Maybe you've always gone to church uh, or maybe you're just following along with friends. That's just what you do on a Sunday. You're part of the crowd who follows Jesus. Really doesn't matter, does it? What does matter is what Jesus says to you and what you do about it, just like Zacchaeus. That's going to be crucial. You see, Jesus is about to pass right by Zacchaeus. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Zacchaeus. But Jesus still is alive That's what the Bible tells us, and he still speaks to us today. He speaks to us through his word in the Bible. If Jesus is going to speak to you this morning in church, the crucial thing is going to be, what does he say to you, and how are you going to respond if Jesus speaks to you? Let's see what Zacchaeus did. What happens when Jesus finds Zacchaeus? Imagine the scene. The crowd are loving it. This hated collaborator is stuck up a tree 
with the crowd coming past him. Maybe he thinks he's hidden, but he's not. And Jesus is right there. So this is what we read. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and surprised to see a grown man in a tree, he said to him, you're a cheat and a collaborator. You've betrayed your country and your God. You need to quit your job, start obeying the law, and if you do that, I might come and stay with you next time I'm passing through Jericho. No. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus wasn't surprised at all to see a grown man up a tree. Actually, if you read the Bible, this is what Jesus says. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. That's weird. That's a surprise. No one expected him to say that. Everyone expected him to tell Zacchaeus how he was doing the wrong thing, this rich, wealthy cheat and liar, but he didn't. So what did Zacchaeus do? So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Jesus wasn't surprised at all, but the crowd was. Um, it was as if Jesus already knew Zacchaeus, that he was already friends with him. You clearly only invite yourself to stay and eat at a friend's place. You don't just go up to someone you don't know, you're not friendly with and say, hey, I'm coming to your place for dinner tonight. Jesus was treating him as a, as a friend and an intimate friend. The village actually was out, would have been outraged. The crowd would have been outraged. And they were. They started muttering to each other, he's gone to eat with this sinner. Jesus wouldn't stay with them, but he made friends with this hated collaborator. In one gesture, he identified, by identifying with Zacchaeus, Jesus had turned the crowd's hostility to Zacchaeus into anger against Jesus himself. The crowd is scandalised that Jesus has gone with such a sinful person to stay with him. What type of people does Jesus want in his kingdom? Why has he come to this village in the first place, apart from to go to Jerusalem? And in fact, why has he come to earth? Well, again, verse 10 tells us, doesn't it? When Jesus reflects on the incident, he says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's what he was here for. Zacchaeus was lost. Maybe he didn't realise that he was lost, but he was lost in many ways. He was lost to his countrymen, his fellow villagers. He was lost to the laws of the Old Testament, which he was clearly breaking. But mainly, he was lost to God. Who's actually seeking who in this encounter? It's not actually Zacchaeus seeking Jesus. It's Jesus seeking Zacchaeus. You often hear about people finding God. Oh, that person's found religion. Oh, I'm, I'm on a search to find God. But the Bible is pretty clear that we're all lost and that God seeks and finds us. It might seem like to us that we're seeking and finding God, but the Bible's clear that we're lost and God has to seek and find us. If you want to be friends with a famous person, because I'm boring, let's you know, not use Taylor Swift or something like that. Let's say you want to be famous, let's say you want to be friends with the Queen of England. You can't just go looking for the Queen of England and find her and become her friend. You might watch her go by in a car or, in, in a, you know, see her up on a balcony. The only way you can become friends with the Queen of England is if she takes the initiative and seeks you out 
and speaks to you and becomes your friend. If it's like that with the Queen, how much more would that have to be true of God? It's the people who recognise they're lost and allow Jesus to find them who enter God's kingdom. That's the lesson of Zacchaeus. It's really surprising, isn't it? Jesus has come here to this spot on the road down the bottom of this tree, not to shout at this man and tell him off, but to make friends with him, to embrace him, to accept him, to find a lost man, a wrongdoer who needs forgiveness. And the crowd realises it and they don't like it. In fact, in verse 10, Jesus seems to be saying that this whole encounter with Zacchaeus is an example of what sums up the main thing that he's on about. It explains his whole purpose in his ministry, to seek out those who are far away from God, to find wrongdoers and forgive them so that they can come in from the cold into fellowship with him. As we read earlier in chapter 18, everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He must be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day he will rise again. All that so that we can become God's friends. That's why Jesus came. If you're not yet one of Jesus' friends, how are you going to respond this morning to that surprising fact Like Zacchaeus, are you prepared to welcome Jesus gladly? Because that's what Zacchaeus did. He was so overcome with Jesus' uh, friendship and love. Well, what happens when Jesus actually goes home with Zacchaeus? When Jesus came into Zacchaeus' life, Zacchaeus responds immediately. There's always a response to Jesus. Even if someone makes no response, that's a response. If you ask someone to do something and they don't respond, you know that's a type of response, isn't it? So everyone responds to Jesus. It's just a matter of how. Zacchaeus makes a great response. He welcomes Jesus gladly, but he does more than this. He proves his new friendship with God, um, his new friendship with Jesus, by changing his life in very practical ways. Being friends with Jesus profoundly changes Zacchaeus. Verses 8 and 9 say, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I had cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. I think it's obvious that Zacchaeus had cheated people, and he was now making a radical change. He's now going to be an honest tax collector. He's going to use his wealth to support the poor and to make recompense to the people he's ripped off. Once he was found by Jesus, Zacchaeus calls Jesus Lord. Did you notice that? Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, and he goes on. And Jesus had to be the Lord of how he conducted himself, both in his work and in his relationships. If Jesus has come into your life, are there any changes that you need to make? Is there something at work or in your, at your work or in your relationships that needs to happen to show that you're a follower of Jesus? Maybe it is a money issue like Zacchaeus. Maybe it's something you need to do for people, um, people that you've done the wrong thing by. Maybe you need to make recompense 
to somebody. I don't know. But you will have to make changes if you're a follower of Jesus. Jesus says that Zacchaeus is a son of Abraham. This doesn't just mean that he's a Jew because he was descended from Abraham. It means he's like Abraham. The key thing about Abraham is that he's an example of faith because he not only believed God, but he showed it by taking action and leaving his home and going to the land God showed him. He changed his life radically and so did Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus is a true son of Abraham. Jesus always expects to be our Lord and our Saviour if we invite him into our lives, and that means things are going to happen. Think of your life as one of those houses that's advertised as a renovator's dream. You go into it, you find the worst room, the one that needs renovating, and you start working on it. Maybe it's the kitchen, maybe it's the bathroom. Then you work from room to room fixing it up, but it might take years to complete the job. When Jesus comes into our life, everything's not going to happen straight away, but every area of our life is going to need fixing up. Have you given up on the renovation? Did Jesus come into your life and you fix the big things, you fix the kitchen, you fix the bathroom, but then you got tired and you didn't worry about the rest of the house? What is the next room that you've got to renovate in your life? Well, uh, Zacchaeus was found by God. What have we learned about being found by God? The first thing we've learned is that the most unlikely people can become Christians. The people we think are beyond responding to. Sorry, responding to Jesus. Not just the weak and immoral, which is surprising enough, but the strong, oppressive people. No lost person is beyond being found by God. So are there people that you've written off? as far as Jesus goes. Should you be praying for anybody that you associate with in your family, in your work, that you've written off because you don't think they're the type of people who would respond to Jesus? Zacchaeus wasn't the type of person who would respond to Jesus. The second thing that we learn is that when we have a friendship with Jesus, there are going to be dramatic changes in our life. Not because it's required to change to become Jesus' friend, Zacchaeus didn't change before Jesus made friends with him, but because it's the proper response to a friendship with Jesus. Genuine believers will change their ways, their their lives in practical ways. So what's happening in your life? Have you stopped working at godliness? Has God brought anything to your mind this morning that you need to make changes about? If so, how are you going to respond? The third thing we look learnt this morning about being found by God is that God reaches out to find us. We don't take the initiative to find him, even if it feels like that sometimes. The main way God does this is by sending Jesus to live and to die so that we can be his friends. His mission is to seek and save the lost. What Jesus is about to do when he enters Jerusalem, the whole reason that he came to earth. So are you part of that mission? How are you supporting that mission to seek and save the lost, both in your own life and here in Balmain and also around the world? For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost.